Welcome back to Living with MS Truth Be Told. I'm Marie Heron, your host. And today on the program, we have Susan Simmons uh, coming to us from uh, the West Coast. She's in Vancouver. Um, Susan is living with MS, and she's going to be telling us about her truth this morning. Um, and Susan was diagnosed in, is it 1995, Susan? Somewhere around there. Okay, yep. great. Uh, so you were uh, diagnosed in 1995. I'm just reading a little bit about you here. And the first 10 years post-diagnosis, you led an even more sedentary life than you ever did before. Um, and then you returned to swimming, a sport that you had pursued in your youth. Now, um, just giving the readers, a, uh, the listeners a head up, Susan is a distance swimmer. And I'm so happy to hear this morning because we're going to talk to Susan about the three pillars that she feels are her successes in dealing with MS. And um, so can you please, Susan, first of all, start by walking us through your diagnosis? Yeah, sure. I was um, I went blind in one eye uh, very suddenly. I went to the doctor and he asked if I had been drinking the night before. <laughs> okay. No. And uh, then he said, okay, if it happens again, come back. I had optic neuritis. And then it did happen. So he spent he sent me to a specialist. And from there, I went through a series of tests, uh, ultimately the MRI, where they found lesions on my brain, and I was diagnosed. Right, right. Okay. Um, when I was reading uh, through some of your literature, um, and uh, we, I found that there were three pillars that uh, you said helps you to deal um, with your MS. Fitness, diet, and the one I love the most, the belief to achieve. Is this a proper breakdown? Yeah, sorry? Is this a proper breakdown of the pillars? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think if I was to add something to that, I would add uh, community. Okay. Um, The community that surrounds me, which is uh, becoming more and more important. But yeah, that's pretty much... How I played it out was to get um, to change my diet, to get fit, and just to believe in myself and believe that I was worth the change, that I was worth living. Is that the belief uh, to achieve? Yeah, that's yeah. the belief to believing in yourself. Because I find a lot of times when you're diagnosed with something, um, and for MS, it's kind of like a you know, for a lot of people at first, it's a death sentence. Life is over. Um, you know, I'm this. I'm I'm going to be unhealthy, and mm-hmm. it will be a decline over time, and things like that. And um, you've you've got to believe otherwise. Right. If you want to make it happen, you've got to believe and believe that you're worth it. Because the other thing that happens is uh, you can you know you see you might see yourself as a bit of a write off, or um, people may treat you differently and things like that. And you just you have to believe you're healthy and fit and and live your life that way. I think that one of the things for me personally when I was diagnosed was um, somebody said to me, oh, Marie, I'm so sorry. And I thought, first of all, no, you're not. And secondly, I wasn't sure what they were sorry about because I wasn't even sure what um, MS uh, was exactly. Um, But, you know, I do know now and I, I think that you are doing all the right things for somebody living with MS. You're committed to veganism. Was this a decision that you made? Um, I'm, I'm not going to say post-diagnosis because we know for 10 years you were sedentary. Um, yeah. But what, what brought you to, uh, to this, this diet, the vegan diet? Well, I was, um, I was very sedentary. I found it difficult to, to even walk a block at a point. Mm-hmm. 
And I, at that point, I decided I, I need to do something. Uh, not doing anything is not working. I'm getting worse. Mm-hmm. So either I do something or I end up in a wheelchair. I'm going to risk doing something, which was what I, I was told not to exercise. Right. Um, so when I, when I started um, uh, exercising, I knew that I would need extra energy. And meat and dairy products take a lot of energy to digest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had read a book um, by a gentleman named Brendan Brazer, who is um, an Ironman triathlete, and he's a vegan. And what he found, the difference in the diets of the top Ironmen or in, the, in their programs wasn't their training, it was their diet. Right. And the ones, the ones who were vegans could train longer. They had more energy. Okay. So that was why I became a vegan. But now it's more part of me who I am. There's a piece that comes with being vegan, not uh, eating animal products. And um, from a health perspective, as a person with MS, not having inflammation, uh, foods that cause inflammation in my body has been really key. Yeah, okay. You know, it's interesting because the last couple of people that we've talked about diet are are not necessarily vegan, but a lot of them are talking about plant-based diets and staying away from meat. So I think you're absolutely right on that. And, you know, I mean, I'm actually myself starting to do that. Um, and and I, I find that it is making a difference. Um, what I wanted to um, ask you also, um, yeah, but the, yeah. so this was post-diagnosis and that you decided to, to do this. Um, we're all just starting to look at the impact on diet and MFs and flare-ups and progression so you're seeing in other people are you seeing in other people because uh, you do work with a lot of people with MS do you see that if they're taking a change in diet it is having um, an impact yeah I do think for people that I have spoken with there's a lot of people that I speak to through Twitter um, people I have tweetationships with I like to call it and they are um, definitely seeing a change uh, from the diet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you know, there's certain, you know, societies, the MS society doesn't really endorse, um, you know, a, any specific diet. But I think it's a matter of um, what you're saying, that it, there are foods that drain energy, there are foods that do cause inflammation. And I think there's enough information out there that we can research and look at um, that will tell us what, what foods do cause inflammation. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think um, how you manage your MS is a very personal choice. Mm-hmm. And um, the MS Society told uh, for the longest time told us not to exercise as well or didn't endorse exercise. So the the things that the MS Society endorses are things that are fully researched and that have been proven 100% fact uh, for the most part, or, or have a, a big research arm behind them. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't a big research har- arm behind diet and MS, just like there isn't one behind MS and nutrition, right? Or MS and exercise. So I, I'm not surprised by that. Um, it's, it's, it's through people like us who are trying these things actively out in the community and learning how to manage the disease that more of us are going to learn, um, are, are going to become healthier. So. You right. know, we need we we need to just find find your own path. Experiment with your body. Figure out what works for you. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you. I was going to say, you know, we're not because I know if you've listened to my podcast, you've heard Cheryl saying she ran seven marathons on seven continents in twelve months, and she's she's brilliant. But you know, we're not all marathoners and and distance swimmers or athletes. 
um, and you do have suggestions for the do-it-yourselfers, so it is knowing your own body and... I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, th- I don't expect anybody to, whether you have MS or not, to jump in at the water and do what I do. I know I'm a, a bit of an extreme athlete and an anomaly, um, but I do think that everybody can do something. So, uh, you know, I've met with groups of people and uh, done chair exercises with them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. It's just it's about moving and just pushing yourself a little bit further if each day if you can. And with food, if you go back to when you were a child, you you knew what you needed and what you didn't. Your body took what it needed and what it didn't, and then other foods were put in front of you and you were told they were good. Exactly. Um, you you got to go back to that, that feeling of what works for me. When I eat this, how do I feel? And trust that feeling in your body. If you don't feel good, don't eat it again. <laughs> right, right. Now, so we talked about the pill and we talked about the, the diet. Tell us about your, your the fitness. Tell us about your swims. Yeah, so this is huge for me because of the types of swims that I do. The the last one I did was across the Juan de Fuca Strait, which was a 10-hour swim in 11 to 13 degree water without a wetsuit. Um, So you have to have a lot of mental toughness, and I kind of think that uh, MS has prepared me for that. It takes a lot of mental toughness to get out of bed every day knowing that, you know, you might not be walking tomorrow or you may go blind or these things may suddenly happen to you Mm -hmm. and for people that are living in those states that are living in wheelchairs and things like that that requires a huge amount of mental toughness to make your way um, around in the world but you've got to believe that you are worth it right um, and that and that you can pass through these things and you can carry on and you can um, live a really active life so when I get in the water I have to believe that I'm going to be able to finish Uh, I'm going to be able to make my way through really big waves. I'm going to be able to swim past a whale and not be disturbed by that while I'm, or afraid. Um, I'm constantly working on believing in myself and believing that I'm worth uh, being here on this earth and worth uh, contributing to it and, and all of those different things. So many people have convinced us otherwise. Like when, when they ask, when they say, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I know. You know, like that—that that says to me that I'm a lesser person. I think one that's, of the, that's what I receive. Yeah, I think one of the first, the, one of the worst things, and and I was talking to one of my other guests about this, but when I went to the neurologist, and you know, he said, "Well, you know, you're slipping into secondary progressive," and uh, you know, because I was a certain age, and I said, "Yeah, but I'm working a forty-hour week, aren't I doing really well?" And he said, "Well, we do the best with what we have." And I thought, okay. yeah, like you know, like that is that is not uh, uh, you know a message of hope, and that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast because I think hope and belief in yourself is important and uh, within reason. How do you manifest this belief to achieve into your into your everyday life? Well, I'm going to just I just want to tap into the whole idea of hope because a lot of people will use use that word and it's one that I'm highly sensitive to. Okay. What I, what I want to see is action. I don't want you to hope you're going to get better. I want you to take action to make yourself better. Okay. And that's how I manifest it into my into my daily life. I get up every day. I go and I swim. If I don't feel like swimming, I forgive myself, but I don't let it go longer than three days. Because okay. some days I too like I get fatigued as well sometimes, and or I'll have um, you know a, a lot of tingling in my legs and things like that if I'm overdoing it. I slow down. Mm-hmm. 
But the whole idea for me is just take action, get up, move, do something, change your diet, try something. Don't sit back and be stagnant. Don't wait for a cure. Right. Don't hope there's going to be a cure. Do something with yourself so that you can um, just be better. And and do you believe in the if you if you don't use it you're going to lose it because I found that you know for a while I was walking a lot and then you know I sort of stopped and then all of a sudden I was like oh my MS is getting worse and I don't know if my MS was getting worse so I just hadn't been you know walking as much. Yeah, I I, I do believe that. I, it, it's it's a lot of what I do is common sense. Mm-hmm. So with diet and nutrition, we all know that if you don't eat a healthy diet, you're not going to be healthy. Right. So eat a healthy diet. And with exercise, we know all know that if you don't exercise, you will become weak. Right. So exercise. And yes, we may have these other things that, that creep up on us. And, I, you know, I just want to put a shout out to those who have very progressive MS. I know that what I do may not be possible. For That's them. right. That's it's right. not the same. But for at least 80% of us that have the disease, it, we can get out there and, and do these things. Right. Right. And there's also, I've noticed, um, the MS, uh, different MS groups across uh, North America um, have sites where they'll show you how to do gentle yoga and stretching that will stop um, all kinds of different things. And so I think there's more support now than there's ever been before. And you don't have to be tied, um, you know, just to looking at, uh, you know, a society or, um, you know, a formalized, uh, uh, you know, source of information. And I think it's wonderful that the community is really coming together to share some of this stuff? Yeah, I think, I think that too. I think like grassroots is where things are. Mm-hmm. Um, I started um, um, a nonprofit myself called the MS Wellness Center. Right. And what we're trying to do is get people out, get them exercising, create the community where they can meet within the community. Uh, if you look at the services that are provided by a lot of the larger nonprofits, the MS Society is one of them. It's a phone call now. Human touch is so critical. Mm-hmm. Just touching somebody's arm, it, you know, it's, it sends, um, it just, it vibrates through their body and, and helps heal mm-hmm. people. So we want to make sure that we're always working with the people in our community um, and, and out there talking to them and sharing our stories and helping one another heal along the way. So it is good to see the grassroots. Um, groups popping up all over the place. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I also found frustrating is that the you you get your diagnosis and you're fairly healthy but a lot of the programs are targeted to people who are needing the gentle yoga when in fact many of us could do the regular yoga. Right, right. So just something for people to think about as soon as you're diagnosed get out there and, and make sure if you're not already exercising make sure that you're doing something find something that you like to do physically because it'll be different for everybody right right so tell us about your your, your swim that's coming up because you've got something big coming up right yeah I do I don't know what possessed me um, <laughs> I, last year when I swam Juan de Fuca it was just such a beautiful swim I had such a great time I had an amazing crew a beautiful community that surrounded mm-hmm. me that I was able to, you know, just pop out of, out of the water and walk up on the beach and go for dinner with my with my crew. Um, so I thought this year I'm going to try a double crossing of Juan de Fuca Strait. It's never been attempted before. Uh, it's a 70 kilometer swim okay. in total, and I won't be stopping. I'll be going. I'll be swimming for over 24 hours. 
Um, so that that's going to be quite quite something if I can make it. I don't know if I can, um, but again, it, for me, it's all about getting out there and trying mm-hmm. and using something to keep me moving. And, right, and that certainly got me in the water a lot today. Okay, and 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 do you actually see? You, you did see one whale. It was swimming right beside you, right? Yeah, I've had it happen more more than once. <laughs> okay. Do you think they um, help? It's, beca- <laughs> it's becoming a regular occurrence now. Uh, I swim in a place called the Great Bear Rainforest mm-hmm. off the central coast of Canada every year as well. I do a big swim up there, and it's part, it's part training, but it's also about me getting into nature and, and feeling that again, because as an urbanite, um, we, we can be disconnected, and I think being there with nature is also very healing. So when I swam up there last year, I had a humpback whale swim directly underneath me. Okay, great. And uh, they're pretty big. Um, I didn't even see it coming. It just went underneath me and the, and the water rose up and, and went down. And then a few years prior to that, I was swimming in Vancouver and I had a gray whale swim uh, right beside me. So, yeah, there's lots uh, of whales on the West Coast. Yeah, I, I, I think there's something about you that they're they're just coming up to maybe, you know, give you a help and, you know, kind of push you, push you on. And, and, you know, they're they're supporting you as much as the crew on the beach, you know? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I'd like to grab the, the, the tail and just tag along it'd be a lot easier that's for sure <laughs> yeah tell us how that works out <laughs> uh susan i want to thank you so much for being our guest this morning as you know this is a grassroots um initiative that i've started because i want newly diagnosed and younger people to hear stories like yours and to know that uh, there is life beyond the diagnosis and i thank you so much for sharing your story with us this morning well, thank you very much, and best of luck with all the future podcasts. I enjoy listening to them. Okay, thanks, Susan. You take care. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>